الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته A very warm welcome to this week's edition of the program where we continue learning more about our legacies legacies that we can live and leave behind as we find ourselves here at the beginning and we say beginning as many people ease into another year of 2024 today on the program we're going to be learning more we're going to explore more on this topic and we encourage you to take time to reflect on this the topic of accountability and what we want to do today is to understand accountability in the context of our own actions personally professionally we're going to try to understand today uh, more about accountability and mistakes. It's often something many of us recoil or shy away from and learn how we can actually embrace what accountability truly is and how it can be a platform and a catalyst for our growth, inshallah. Our guest on today's program is coach and author who has authored amazing books on the topic of developing and learning more about ourselves and we'll share more with you on the program today about that. Our coach today joining us on the program to explore this topic is coach Zaid Ismail. Coach, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Radio Islam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah as always for having me on your show. Alhamdulillah, such a pleasure to have you with us and really looking forward to learning more and exploring this topic with you, inshallah. I mean, I'm also looking forward to it. It's uh, one of my passion topics as well, so um, hopefully this will be a really spirited, stimulating discussion. Inshallah, inshallah. Uh, maybe if we could start by asking, you know, you mentioned that this is a topic that is of interest to you. Um, and I think before we get into it, yeah, maybe you could ask why. Why? Because I know most coaches will have a certain angle, certain topic that's really close to the heart uh, for them. Why would you say accountability is that for I think the way I see it and the way I've experienced it is that if there's no accountability, you literally have absolutely nothing to work with when you're dealing with people. So... Without accountability, you can't. There's, there's nothing that adds value to a relationship. There's nothing that you can even rely on in the relationship. How would you define accountability, um, either or both, in the context of the professional level as well as on a personal level? keeping in mind that we are literally at the time this program is uh, weeks away from Ramadan. Um, for starters, I, I do my best not to separate the professional and personal spheres regarding how we conduct ourselves. The moment we create a disjoint or we create a separation between the two, we automatically make ourselves available to doing things in a way that uh, undermines our integrity and our authenticity. So we need to be the same human, the same person in both spaces. How we conduct ourselves then as a, mat um, as a matter of manner and um, disposition, that can change. But as far as the values we uphold, it has to be consistent. And when it comes to accountability, 
If I had to define it, put it into a very simple definition, I would say that it is our desire to want to ensure that we contribute to the best of ourselves in the moment. Mm -hmm. So if we don't, if we look back, if we reflect on something or if someone brings something to our attention that makes us aware of the fact that what we thought we were contributing was not what we hoped to contribute, then we would want to do something about it. And that, in essence, is accountability. Uh, another connection you have between the accountability and the authenticity of ourselves and that uh, we can't and, and ideally best not to be separating the two um, and maybe we could explore that I think a lot of people grapple with that um, what it means to be our own authentic self uh, and, and it's interesting to see how that accountability can be very liberating in that context yes absolutely you know, we talk about lived experience. So if we could perhaps invite you to share an experience uh, where yourself or if it's uh, a client, where that accountability was taken for as a mistake. And what's the learnings that come from a situation like that? I think when we talk about it in terms of um, definitions, for many people, it would be abstract and in our time that we've had the good fortune of of having you in our program on this platform one of the things distinguished things that stand out is you're always bringing it back to an example to a lived experience and that's what's so refreshing so perhaps if we could look at that a lived experience connecting that accountability to the learnings that come from that please uh, where do I start? <laughs> I think there's so many, um, but for some reason, I think given the time of the year and everyone's returning to work, um, after the holidays, hopefully those that were fortunate enough to get the break, maybe I can share how it is that accountability was one of the, re was one of the reasons why I personally chose to leave the corporate world, for example. In my experiences in the corporate space, there was always this contention between my value system and the value system that I needed to operate within. And I'm not going to say it's the individuals and their value systems because we all kind of get distracted by what is demanded from us in a certain situation as opposed to um, realizing whether or not we are being true to ourselves. And um, so what happened was that I always found myself trying my best at least to conduct myself with a certain level of accountability for my contribution and for the commitment that I made to the organization. And I was naive enough to believe that everyone operated on the same basis. And from that perspective, there was always this me pushing harder than most towards the outcomes. And as a result of that, that would result in negative tension in the group. Where it became difficult was that if that became the norm, if that was the norm that everyone else shared, that that was the kind of lower level of accountability and commitment that uh, was to be expected because, you know, if people's got their own lives and they've got other things to do and this isn't the most important thing for them. And what that would uh, mean is that I would either have to adjust my commitment and uh, level of, of work ethic to fit in or I would have to take on additional workload from others. And that's what happens with accountability that is not shared um, 
in, in the same essence between people that are involved in the same space is that the moment the one person um, doesn't accept their accountability for their contribution or their commitment or their promises that they've made um, or the responsibilities that they have also, then someone has to pick that up. Whether you do it willingly or unwillingly, um, if there's a compelling reason why it cannot be abandoned, um, why there's going to be a consequence if it's not done, when one person drops that, someone else has to pick it up. And in my case, I always found myself to be the person picking that up. And that's why eventually I just thought this isn't a good use of my life, so to speak, <laughs> so I exited. But I think that plays out very definitely in a lot of um, personal relationships. In divorce, for example, um, I've been divorced, um, as is commonly known, I think. <laughs> but um, that was also a big issue, is that if we don't hold ourselves accountable for our contribution towards the situation in which we find ourselves, and the difficulties that we have with our partner and so on, um, both sides have to be willing to accept accountability, and the reasons for us resisting accountability will will come to that hopefully, inshallah. But at the moment one person doesn't, the other person feels burdened or they feel um, undermined or betrayed or abandoned. There's all sorts of negative things that come out of it because it means that over and above what I am responsible for, I now have to accept responsibility for someone else's contribution because the consequences of them not showing up the way they need to or not taking accountability the way they need to, means that I'm going to have to live with the consequences of that. And that's where it gets even more complicated because it's about if I don't, I still have to bear the consequences. If I do, um, I bear the consequences anyway. So the first effort is then to try and get the other person to be accountable and uh, or at least reach understanding about who is or who isn't accountable. And when that fails, uh, it brings out the worst in us. Well, that just really resonates with a lot on the level of um, self-introspection and the bravery, the courage that it takes to be real and authentic for oneself. And you've given us this example, and thank you for sharing that. From this example about the work environment, is there anything else you'd like to share when it comes to the role that accountability plays in fostering more productive, more positive um, work environments? In the work environment, I think the easy part of accountability is to focus on who needs to do what. Hmm. The more difficult part of the accountability is, okay, if we find ourselves in a position where people are not doing what they're supposed to, what is our accountability towards um, assisting, uplifting, advising, coaching, mentoring, whatever it is, our contribution towards improving that without assuming that they just choose not to. Because usually we choose not to because it's demanding something of us that we uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. So when we get to that uh, state in the work environment, especially if we see a colleague or um, uh, someone else appear uh, not doing what they need to do, rather than assume that it's just a woeful, intentional kind of non-cooperation, um, we should rather focus on keeping ourselves accountable for opening up the communication and engaging more meaningfully to see if there's something that uh, they either just don't see the way we do, or is there something that we can do to make it easier for them to do what they need to do. But either way, it's about the assumptions we make about why someone is uh, not uh, getting their weight, so to speak.
and then we need to hold ourselves accountable for how we deal with that. We can't just abdicate accountability in that relationship and expect others to do the same or to give us the benefit of the doubt when it comes to us having a tough time. Mm. Right. It's, um, it's, it's as the saying on, on your website, that if you're not owning your life, then someone else is. Yes. I think when it comes to accountability, many of us hold back from that because it's so much easier uh, to actually, you know, pass the buck, put the blame on someone else than to actually take charge of our life. Why, why do you think that's so? Why, why, you know, in your experience coaching people, why is it that we so often would actually think it's easier to pass the buck than to actually uh, take take charge, take responsibility for ourselves and just be happier because we're living more authentic lives? I think at the heart of it, and this might meet a lot of uh, disagreement from some from many people, but at the heart of it, the reason why we avoid accountability is because we want to protect ourselves from being inadequate or incompetent. It's not about whether or not we can or can't do something. It's about what the implications are of us accepting accountability for it. It raises an expectation, right? The moment I accept accountability for my contribution to something, it gives someone else the opportunity to say, yeah, you see, I told you it was your fault. Mm. Now, <laughs> I can either protect myself from that or I can raise myself with and recognize that whether they say it's my fault or not, the point is I want to be accountable for my contribution. So if I want to be accountable for my contribution, I shouldn't care how someone is going to respond when I do accept that, okay, I dropped the ball, I messed up, I could have done something better, or maybe the way I handled something created a bigger problem instead of solving a problem. And this is especially true, funny enough, um, for parenting, because as parents, we get it wrong all the time. Yes. So. Do we hold ourselves accountable for the consequences of what we got wrong instead of just looking at our children and thinking, well, it's your fault, you just don't listen? Ah, uh, yes. Mm. And oh, uh, just, just to come in here, if I may, Brother Zaid, so if you, you heard me refer to a quote on Brother Zaid's website, it's Zaid Ismail, Z-A-I-D-I-S-M-A-I-L.com. We'll talk more about that later. Please, please continue. Yes. Um, yes. So to come back to that, that uh, quote that you mentioned from the website about if you're not owning your life, someone else is. What that literally means is that if you're not going to take accountability for what it is that you do, you give people ammo to control you. Because if they know that you have something that you're afraid of or that you're insecure about, um, their defenses are going to cause them to exploit that if they also similarly uh, insecure about their own space and this is how you get the tit for tats that come up. So accountability is, is critical to our own growth, our own sanity, our own peace of mind. Um, it's critical to us being able to sleep at night um, and get good restful sleep instead of going to bed exhausted because of the anxiety that uh, builds up because of the overthinking of all the things that are wrong. Accountability, it allows us to connect with our contribution and our limitations so that we can um, be effective in how we choose to respond to life. 
Wow, I'm, I'm now starting to see why when we began this conversation, you shared how important and, uh, and why accountability was so central for you. Um, it, it's just so clear, subhanAllah. Mm. So we talk about holding ourselves accountable and why for some of us, or many of us, that can be um, challenging, difficult, something that we resist. But then how do we approach holding others accountable? Whether it's our loved ones, whether it's in the work field, in the community, how can we approach that where we're holding others accountable, but at the same time, we're not cultivating this atmosphere of the blame game and being these negative Nancys. Uh, I mean, that's a tall order for all of us, but as someone who, who works in this field regularly, how, how, yeah, guide us on that. Set a template, perhaps, for us. How to navigate this? Because, you know, we're all now gung-ho. I'm going to hold myself accountable, yeah. But then what happens when it's our loved ones, where we often feel they are our biggest triggers when it comes to healing or growth? Or at the work, in the workplace? Uh, yeah, give us some direction on how to navigate that, please. The first thought that comes to mind is that we must remember why we're choosing to be accountable. Um, you're not being accountable if you want to demonstrate to others that you're being accountable. <laughs> because that's just uh, another scorekeeping exercise to say, like, you see, I accepted accountability, so now you must also accept your, uh, what you did. And that's assuming that we're right about what they did. So accountability is about holding ourselves accountable, right? It's about us wanting to live by the values and the principles that we claim is important in life. So if we expect others to live by a certain set of values and principles in the way they conduct themselves around what we need from them, then our authenticity, our integrity demands that we hold ourselves accountable to the same standard. Okay. Now, to hold someone accountable um, in a constructive way, we need to be able to have a non-confrontational kind of discussion with them, letting them know that, listen, um, I understand you having difficulty with this, or I understand that that's an issue for you, or if you have difficulty with this, let me know, that sort of thing, right? I'm demonstrating understanding for what the challenges are that they may have before you just go outright and accuse them of not wanting to be accountable. Because it's that empathy and the compassion with which you approach it that will either make them receptive to it or not, but that also is not a guarantee that they will be receptive. Because if someone is already judging themselves harshly, and I think this is a critical point in the whole accountability thing. If you're judging yourself harshly for what it is that you believe is already lacking and why it is that people might not like you or um, favor you or want to be around you or things like that, then someone else coming along and asking you to accept accountability for something that is clearly wrong on your part, your knee-jerk reaction is going to be to protect yourself from being even more incompetent or inadequate or unpopular than you already are because you're judging yourself. So they're going to almost poke at a sore point that you're already poking yourself with, so to speak. And when you're in that space, your ability to hold others accountable is going to come across as accusational rather than trying to have a healthy discussion about accountability. And I think that's, uh, that's the balance we need to strike is whether or not um, it, we accusational in what we do or are we actually trying to improve the state of what it is that we're um, working with? 
Well, it gives us a lot of food for hope because I think many of us just take the idea of the concept of accountability. It sounds very good to hold others accountable um, to an extent that we sometimes emotionally bully others um, and uh, not realizing that there's such a high level of ethics and values that's needed to be to hold our own self accountable, but also uh, if we're doing if we're, if we're applying that with others um, and. I think as Muslims, we have this beautiful template in the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu so, Alaihi And yet many of us don't explore it from that angle. For many of us, the accountability that we expect, you know, from others or with others is often a power struggle. Mm-hmm. It's often, you know, all about vindication. Um, so what you're sharing today is, is so refreshing and so, so honest. Uh, I'm hoping many people will share the link this podcast so that okay. more that more of us that hear this and that reflect on this and make those changes make those shifts that we need within our own selves and uh, be able to work in societies that are more uh, honest and ethical um, both with their own selves you know to be honest with our own selves and then of course with others as well yes yeah. I mean, um, yeah, there's just so much to say about it. Um, the, the thing about uh, relationships, especially, I think, that I want to share is that um, when it comes to accountability in a relationship, it's about what are you accountable for contributing towards, not what you're accountable for towards each other. Uh-huh. Because when you focus on what you're accountable towards each other, that's when it becomes a score-keeping exercise. And that's when we assume that what it requires for us to be able to come to the table with um, the effort and the struggle involved in achieving that is the same for our, for our partner, for example. Mm-hmm. And that's usually where the problems uh, start, is that we make the assumption that what's easy for us must be easy for them, what's difficult for us must be difficult for them. And that's usually not true. That's why we get to points where what's easy for us um, they look at it and they think, well, yeah, you think you're too good. And what's difficult for us, but is easy for them, they look at it and they think, well, what's the problem? It's such a simple thing. Because the empathy and the compassion is missing. And unfortunately, empathy and compassion is missing in most relationships, especially, especially marriages. And that's the saddest part. And that's because we don't hold ourselves accountable for our contribution. And here's the thing, right? And maybe this will take the conversation in a different direction. I don't know. But the, pro- the point of accountability, like I said, it's about holding yourself accountable for your contribution to a situation. That means that you hold yourself accountable for your contribution to what you recognize, what you understand that situation to be. So say, for example, your partner is dealing with some demons that you don't know about. They... Um, have something from their past that, like we like to say, triggers them or (coughs) convinces them that there's certain things that are optional, that shouldn't be optional. The matter of accountability with yourself then is relative to what you understand to be true about that situation. What are you holding yourself accountable in how you deal with it? And the reason I say this is because a lot of people, they then behave badly and they say, well, it was justified because look at what you did. That's not accountability. 
that's abdication of responsibility. That's, that's giving up your accountability to say that it was excusable because you did something bad, so that's why it was okay for me to do something bad. Mm. And again, the transaction starts, the scorekeeping, the tit-for-tat starts. And then what happens, Coach, when you have, uh, when people say, well, like you mentioned, the word triggers, this is a childhood trigger. I've seen my mom being scapegoated. I've seen my dad or mom, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, being the scorekeeper. I've seen their marriage to be uh, one of transaction, tit for tat. Yes. So, so uh, you know, where does a person then start if if that's their point of reference for a marriage, which is all about, um, if you do this, if you feel nasty, I can be even more nasty. I can be nastier. So where, where do you start? How do you start dealing with that? How do you, yeah, what would you say to people who feel that they're stuck in the cycle of childhood traumas or that they're simply just living out their marriages? You mentioned marriage, so let's keep with that example, based on what they saw in their parents' marriage. I think the the biggest and most consistent trend that I've both experienced and um, I observe in, in almost every couple that comes to me for relationship issues that they're experiencing is that probably 95% or 99% even of the time, um, we know what it is that we don't want to be like our parents. We see certain things that our parents did, how they raised us, how they parented us, how they interacted with each other, if they were divorced, um, what led to the divorce and who was right and who was wrong. We make these judgments, right? And that's natural. It's human to make those judgments. But what we do with that is then important because most people, they get married because they want to prove that they can be better than their parents. (laughs) And then a few years down the line after they've had their own kids and they've realized the pressures of real life, um, suddenly they wonder how did I end up being exactly like my mother or my father it's because just because you know what you don't want in life doesn't mean you can know how to achieve what you want in life and the only way you're going to get past that hurdle or you're going to break what people like to call the generational trauma cycle uh, I don't I think the word trauma is abused honestly but we'll come back to that another day inshallah but the way we break these generational cycles is that you have to look back with, again, empathy, compassion, and understanding. You have to look at your parents and consider if they were intrinsically, do you genuinely believe that they were intrinsically bad people or good people? And you can do this with your partner as well, and I think this is a very helpful kind of point of departure when you're contemplating any difficulties you're experiencing with someone, is do you believe that they're a good person or a bad person by nature? And your answer to that will be a reflection of both who they are and who you are. Right. So let's assume that for the most part, we we come across people who we think that intrinsically they're good. They have a good intent. And then we then contemplate against that. Well, okay, why would a good person do a bad thing? Like, for example, why would my father, who was um, generally a good person, why would he be so harsh towards me as a child? Or why would he be so unrelenting or so rigid or so cold with my mother? When you consider it from that perspective, you then look to understand what it is that he was grappling with. Um, Or if it's your mother, then you look at what she was grappling with in her own way, that she 
didn't or couldn't overcome for whatever reason that caused her to show up the best way she could but fell short of what we needed. And when you start looking at them that way, you start seeing the human because this is what we lose sight of. We lose sight of the human behind the role, both in ourselves and the people around us, especially our parents. And when you lose sight of that, that's where the abdication of accountability sets in. Because you look at that and you think, that's the reason why you can't expect more from me. Because you don't know what it was like to be me. You don't know what life I had. You don't know what my struggles are. You don't know how difficult it is. You don't know how difficult it is just to get started in the morning and all of that. And all of that is just, to be honest, a victim headspace. Yes, you had a difficult life. Yes, you might not have had ideal parenting environment, or you might not have had your parents' presence at all, one or both of them. That is the reality that you're facing. Now, what is your accountability in navigating that reality so that you don't make someone else pay for what they didn't do to you? That's accountability. Wow. I would have thought that this day had so many different messages. And I'm saying this, you know, in a good way. There's so much for us to explore about learning about ourselves through this. Um, the three elements that I keep coming back with in, in our conversation is, you mentioned the empathy, compassion, and the understanding. Mm -hmm. That has been, for me, a game changer in understanding what true accountability is all about. So thank you so much for that. Alhamdulillah. Um, I, I want to maybe, if we can, coach, come back to the topic we touched on it earlier slightly but maybe more in detail um let's talk about resistance because whenever it comes to growth and change resistance is there for most of us even if it is on a subconscious level yes i uh, know that question like this next one is one that people need to work with you directly one-on-one -on -one as per their own situation however on a general level how does one handle a situation where individuals may resist taking that responsibility for their actions? We need to understand why we wouldn't want to be responsible for something that resonates with our value system. Um, put it more simply so that it's not so theoretical maybe or philosophical. Uh, if I know I'm wrong about something but it feels um, really weighty, really heavy for me to accept that accountability or accept that responsibility. Um, it's because I'm protecting myself from being rejected in some way. And that's our greatest fear. Our greatest fear in life is not failure. It's the consequence mm -hmm. of failure. It's what will people think of us if we fail. Uh -huh. And because our opinion of ourselves is not as strong as what we see the opinions of others being, we lose sight of what we're trying to achieve and we start focusing on who recognizes our efforts to achieve. So the resistance is because we've got a voice in our head, we've got a, a perspective that we entertain about ourselves that is not ours. It's about someone or sometimes more than one person that we're concerned about or that we fixated on at some point in our life to see whether or not they would judge us kindly or harshly. Were we good enough for them? Is this what we're doing now something that they would have approved of or something that they would have admired or something that they would have finally thought, okay, well, maybe we're not such uh, 
waste of time or waste of life after all. All of those sorts of things. This, this internal conversation that we have, the, the less we're familiar with it and the more we just believe that that's just who we are, the more it will drive us to be, respond in a very reactive, emotional way rather than a grounded way that is purpose-driven. And that voice in our head is usually either a partner, ex-partner, or usually a parent, or both parents. And given that I firmly believe that we derive our, our self-worth, our self-esteem, we derive it from our relationship with our father, when it comes to being enough, it's usually our father's voice that we hear in our heads. It's that tone. It's that narrative, it's that, that voice that comes across about are you doing well enough or not? Are you useless or are you not useless? Are you being stupid? Are you being lazy? Are you being... It's all the judgmental harshness that we took from the relationship. And taking from the relationship is a really important part because again, in a way, it comes back to the accountability. If we only assume that what was thrown at us was intended deliberately for us, we lose sight of the fact that the person who threw it at us um, was struggling with their own demons. So where parents are harsh, and I'm not for one second condoning harsh parenting, and we need to be careful about the gentle parenting, opposite extreme as well, because that creates problems of its own, but inshallah another day for that topic. Well, but <laughs> when, we, when we take all the harshness only from our parents' um, relationship with us, all the corrections, all the discipline, um, and all of those sorts of things, then we lose sight of what we also acquired in the process, the values, the standards, the principles, the work ethic, and all of those things. Or even if it was just a matter of getting to a point of understanding how the world works, we lose sight of all of that. And what we don't realize is that that harsh method or whatever it was that was not ideal from our parents, um, that relative to their struggle, relative to their life's journey and what they grew up with and what access they had to understanding and wisdom and support, that was the best they could do relative to what was expected of them. And that expectation is what creates the resistance. Because if we think that the expectation of us is unfair relative to our struggle, then we'll want to get people to adjust their expectations for, of us. So we resist accepting accountability and accepting responsibility and accepting um, bigger goals and things like that because of the probability of failure and what people will think of us if we fail. Uh, well, I, will, I myself will need to go back on this recording and listen to especially this last answer of yours because there's so much to unpack. Um, and just so grateful for that. Jazakumullah khair. I'm wondering if we can close our time today with, with one last question, please. Sure. And when it comes to accountability, so we hear about acknowledging our mistakes, but how do we tell the difference between something that's this genuine accountability and then just acknowledging a mistake? I know you shared with us how the learnings from, from, from you know, that, that come up from a situation. But, yeah, how do we then distinguish, okay, this is genuine accountability and I'm growing through that and, and I'm responsible for it, and then from just acknowledging a mistake. Is there a difference between the two? How do we figure out that difference? 
I think the one thing I often have to remind myself about, and I always remind others about as well, is that allow yourself to be human, right? And by the same token, allow others to be human, which means that we will get things wrong. It's not that we may or may not get things wrong. We will get things wrong, even in something that we absolutely masterful at, experience that. <coughs> there will be a time when we will get it wrong. And if you remember that, that's a very grounding position to maintain, is that you always approach something with the, when someone takes exception to, uh, to you about something, or exception with you about something, you need to consider whether or not they may have a valid reason. And first, you need to process that. You need to deal with that. Do they have a valid reason? Because you want to hold yourself accountable for something that you may not have intended. So when you approach by um, the possibility of getting things wrong, remember also that in the moment, you, you could have absolutely no reason to reconsider your position because relative to everything you're presenting that's true to you and the other person may be limited in how it is that they can um, explain themselves or point out what it is that you're missing about what their vantage point is. So with this being true, we can't expect everyone to be masters at, at being able to express themselves. Similarly, we can't expect ourselves to always be masterful at it. And that's why we always have to be open to the fact that later on, when you experience something, suddenly something clicks and you look back and you think, ah, that's what they meant. And if that's what they meant, and that's what I missed in that moment, then yeah, I was wrong. So I need to accept accountability for that. Now, what you do with that realization is a reflection of who you are. It's a reflection of what standard you hold yourself to and how accountable you want to be for the contribution you make towards this world, not just towards the people that have rights over you. And when you take it from that perspective, and you don't see mistakes as a slight against your reputation, because remember, if you're worried about your reputation, then you're worried about what people think of you, you're not worried about who you are. So it all comes back to how do you see yourself and how do you hold yourself accountable for what you claim is important? And as long as you take care of that, you take the burden off so many other people from having to pick up the slack that you're going to drop just because you focused on how difficult you've got it and what a struggle you have and no one knows how hard my life has been and all that. It doesn't matter. You wake up in the morning and how difficult the previous day was is not going to change the fact that the next day is still waiting for you. And that's why we need to be more understanding of ourselves because you can't give what you don't have. And if you can't give what you don't have, when we treat others harshly, it is a very, very clear indicator that our internal conversation with ourselves is extremely harsh. And then when that happens, we need the people around us, especially our partners if we're married or in a relationship. We need them to compensate for that harshness that we have within ourselves. So then they need to shop more. They need to be more considerate. They need to put in more effort to make us feel good. They need to compliment us more. They need to do a whole lot of things. And that's the problem. When we need them to do all of those things, that means that we're placing a burden on them that they didn't sign up for. Absolute truth bombs. Yes, for sure, absolutely. Well, it's been such an honor and a pleasure to be here today, to learning more about this topic. Again, you've given us a whole new perspective to it, and I don't think I can ever go back and look at the topic accountability as it was before, because 
it, it, the way you've you've shared it with us and you, the way you've helped us understand and explore accountability is one that is um, is, is so vital for all of us on many different levels, spiritually, emotionally, uh, and and how if we rise up to that challenge uh, and and we approach our own selves first and foremost with that empathy you talk about the understanding that compassion that it can actually be groundbreaking and life-altering for us uh, and I know for myself I can speak only for myself but for myself at least it's not now approaching accountability on a different level and not being afraid to approach it um, and I'm sure many of our listeners can agree with us on that. So listeners, the program will be up on podcast and you can play back and listen to it at leisure as well and then share the link with loved ones as well. Brothers, it's such a pleasure to be joining you on the program and listeners, you can always find out more, benefit from the books, the services and manage your bookings, learn more about what Brother Zaid does and benefit from his services, Zaid Ismail, Z-A-I-D, I-S-M-A-I-L. Um, we look forward to connecting with you on the next program, inshallah, where we're talking about uh, needing help versus seeking validation, inshallah. But before we close for today, is there, is that, are there any final words you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Well, for starters, I'm really looking forward to the next discussion because uh, it, uh, it's a good way to build on to what we already started here. But the, the one thing that I think is just good to keep in the back of our minds is that when you accept accountability for who you are and your contribution, you automatically lift the weight of other people that you don't realize is placed there. And when people feel that weight lifted, they won't know it, they won't realize it, they, it's not tangible, it's not something they can touch and feel and point out. But when they just feel as if you're not expecting something from them that they're not responsible for, it makes it possible for them to show up in a much lighter, much more committed much more sincere way because they don't feel triggered and they don't feel like they're under threat and that's a natural um, consequence and a benefit from just being accountable for who you are and what you contribute inshallah inshallah for your time with us today and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you plenty of blessings in this year in the work that you do which is so much needed um, both locally and globally Amin Ya Rab Amin 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 We've been speaking today on the program to Brother Zaid Ismail, Coach for Life, author, mental health activist. His books are available with Korea um, throughout South Africa as an option, or you can get a copy of his books on Amazon, Kindle, or other online agencies. Coach Zaid, Jazakallah Khairan for your time with us today, and Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Barakallah wa Alaikum Assalamu wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh.